0: Hey guys, welcome to Hearts of Men. It's so good to be here this June 1st. Uh, Summer is kicking into gear. Today we're going to talk about uh, the realm of protection as men being protectors of our families, of our children, and being on guard, being vigilant, being watchful And so I am so glad that you are choosing to listen. I'm so glad that you have made Hearts of Men one of the podcasts that you follow or subscribe to. Please do so if you are not a regular subscriber or follower on Spotify or Apple. I encourage you to simply click that button to subscribe so you get the weekly episodes that are coming out. Thanks so much. Look forward to diving in. So we're back this week, June 1st, and I don't know about where you're at, what location you live in the world, and what state you're in, but summer is kicking itself into gear. It's warming up, and that's a good thing. We've been out swimming a couple times over the past week, and so good. I love summer. I love getting out, exploring, love getting out in nature, love swimming in creeks and rivers with my kids. I am like many of you, I am sure all of you by now are aware of the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas uh, over a week ago, and like some of you, I I am a father and I have a 10-year-old who just completed 4th grade and it's incredibly sobering incredibly saddening and tragic when you really stop and contemplate what happened when you take in just just a sliver it's it's hard If you've never walked through this kind of loss, this kind of tragedy, um, it's hard to even know how to feel, but just from a realm of being a parent who loves his kids and who wants what's best for them, it's incredibly important to, to really ponder and really think about what happened why it happened, what world we now live in. And is there anything that we can do about it as fathers? As fathers, we have the amazing privilege and responsibility to be the protectors of our family, to be the guardians, to be the the soldiers that... Stand guard that know our position, know the position of our family to know that we are are called always every day to be engaged in a battle and i I think that's the thing that is is so uh it's it's a reality check sometimes we forget that we live in a war zone, and I think in America even though we are not facing a foreign battle on our soil at the moment, is that we are entrenched in a spiritual battle, in a moral battle, in a violent battle for the hearts of our youth and our children. This generation is under assault. And I can't in good conscience do a podcast Without bringing that reality back to you, okay? So if you're not a a believer in a biblical worldview, that's okay. But I'm I, I'm coming from that angle. I'm coming from the angle that that we have an enemy. His name is Satan, who absolutely hates. He hates everything that God has created. You have to understand that. Even if you don't believe in it, it doesn't cease to be true. It doesn't mean it's not true. Actually, it is true. There is good and there is evil. And Satan is the perpetrator of evil. He is the one responsible for releasing havoc. And what he does is he blinds, he deceives hearts, he lies to them. And this happens in so many, many ways. You know, we live in a fatherless generation. You've heard me talk about that a lot. There's so many statistics proving this, that specifically in this generation, yes, it's been that way for decades, but it's it's only increasing the reality of, of fathers being passive or disengaged or absent physically, emotionally, spiritually. But um, I just want to say that that we are born into war, that we're born into a battle. And so the only choice, we either have a choice as fathers to be passive. And you know, passivity a lot of times has been brought to us, brought down from our own fathers and generational uh, and generations where we've seen passive dads that have not, Learn to engage fully, completely in the battle. To stand guard and having done everything to continue to stand, as it says in Ephesians 6. To put on the full armor of God so that we are protected and that we are protecting the ones we love. Yes, our families, our immediate biological families, but also the family of God. We have a responsibility as brothers and sisters in Christ, to protect one another. That's why, as a shepherd, as a pastor, we have to be vigilant. We have to be sober and awake. We have to be looking for wolves okay, that will try to masquerade in sheep's clothing to come in, to deceive, to manipulate, to pervert, to take advantage of. And I'm telling you, it takes spiritual eyes and spiritual discernment to do this. So it's only, it's only increasing that the need to have men stand guard, to have men be protectors, to have men that are trained and equipped to defend, it's incredibly important. I, I don't really want to get into the political. I don't want to get in even to the Second Amendment Um, this morning. That's not my heart today. I want to approach it even as this tragedy is fresh. I want to approach it from a father to his son or his daughter, his 10-year-old, 9, 10-year-old fourth grader who went to school on a normal day, an end of the year, getting ready to celebrate summer coming. And would never return home. Not just that, but would, would be killed in one of the most horrific ways imaginable. Shot in a classroom. And we should be angry about this. We should be livid. We should be f- incredibly upset. But our anger has to be channeled. Our anger has to be directed in the right ways. Anger that is not directed in the right ways will end up in destructive patterns. Just like this 18-year-old a troubled past all the dynamics. If all the dynamics that they're saying about this man are true, I'll leave it at that. I want to focus on what it means, what does it mean for me? What does it mean? See, here's the thing, guys. I want to tell you that those of you, those of us that are tolerating sexual sin, whether that's pornography, emotional affairs, or an actual affair, or a slew of other things that would fall under that category. If we are tolerating and allowing those things into our our heart, our mind, our eyes, then we have already given up the realm of being aggressive and vigilant, protectors over our families, over our kids specifically. Because that is set up to dole your spirit. It's set up to shut down. There is a, a formula and it goes like this. The letter U plus the letter P equals letter D. You plus pornography equals destruction. Yeah, you might not feel that right now because you are enjoying for a season and a time, nobody knowing that you have a secret addiction. But if that is not dealt with, if it's not brought into the light, if you do not, change your ways, then at some point that will come back to bite and devour you. It's so important, mind, body, soul, and spirit, it's so important mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, to be prepared to stand guard, to be prepared To watch at all times. You know... I have a six-year-old... And... She's quick. She can move from point A to point B in no time. Do you know... When I'm out in public... When we're out and about... I have a hawk eye or an eagle's eye... Always knowing where she's at. That means... I have to be aware and alert that potentially in any environment, even in school or even in churches, God forbid, but it happens. There is no safe place. There is no safe building that you can go to or be at to where you can take your eyes off of your kids. So I have to be, especially with her, I have to be always aware, always watchful. I don't trust anyone else to do that because it's my job. I'm her father. Well, I trust her mother, my wife, and one or two others. But I trust no one else to do it as well as I can and should do it as her father. And so, I want to encourage you guys, I want to encourage you today, if your father's right now, I want to encourage you. What are you doing to protect? What are you doing to nurture? What are you doing to stand guard? What are you doing, what things are you doing, if you're in that season of life, especially when your kids are younger, Maybe your kids are older, maybe they're in college or even older than that, or maybe you don't have kids yet. What will you do? What things will you implement? What can you do right now in your life, no matter what stage in the process of fatherhood that you find yourself? What can you do to prepare and engage your heart, your mind, your mind, Your will to be ready for battle, to be always. You know, it's easy to just want a comfortable, carefree, pain free life. But again, unfortunately, that is not the world we're born into. We're not born into a comfortable, pain free, easy life even in america we live if you live in america you live in the land of comfort you live in the land of consumerism you live in the land of wealth by and at large i recognize that some of you might live in inner cities and you're surrounded by poverty but by and at large compared to the rest of the world we are the wealthiest nation with the most resources the most things that are disposable Comforts—we're creatures of comfort—and it goes against our our culture. It goes against what we live in to have to deny ourself, to deny our flesh, to deny our the pleasures that would distract us or that would minimize our sharpness, our acuteness, our awareness. When it comes to the realm of full engagement, 24-7 engagement, 24-7, 365 year after year engagement. Can I remind you again that you have an enemy who is out to steal, to kill, and destroy you? I'm sorry to bring it to you, but it is true. And if you, as a father, are tolerating sin or wickedness, or if you are allowing yourself to grow passive, then you're going to be a sitting duck for the one who hates you to bring circumstances that could end up in a very painful situation. None of us are exempt from suffering. It doesn't matter how much you love God or how much you do the right things. The suffering, we are actually called, Jesus calls us, to take up our cross and suffer with him. We're called to lay down our lives. We're called to lose our lives for his sake. So suffering is not something that should be foreign to the believer, the disciple, foreign to the follower of Christ. It should be actually... One of the things that you fellowship, that you relate to him in, but we want to suffer for righteousness, right? We want to suffer for good. We don't want to suffer for evil. We don't want to suffer because of unchecked, undealt with passivity in the realms of specifically of our sexuality, specifically of the temptations that most men face that starts with a little seed and then if there is no accountability, if there is no truth brought forth, if there is no parameters, then that seed will grow. It will eventually become a wild, a wild branch, a wild tree, a wild vine, whatever the imagery would be. And that's, that's what sin does. I mean, that's why we can't even afford to give the devil a foothold to say, okay, I'll just partake a little bit of this. It won't hurt me. It always hurts our kids. It always hurts our, our spouses. It always hurts those that we love the most when we as men choose passivity, when we as men choose not to engage in the battle. And we do this by being lovers of Jesus, first of all. We do this by being men of prayer. We do this by being men who who are in the Word of God and who know the Word of God because that is the sword of the Spirit. And that's ultimately our battle. Yes, we can. we can get our... Carry and conceal permit, and that's important. We can learn how to wield a gun safely and accurately and rightly to protect those we love. And there is absolutely a place for that. I am a believer in that. I am not for taking all the guns away. Again, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. In this episode, I want to pinpoint, I want to focus on you, man, you, father. You are the primary means of defense, you are the primary protector and guardian of your family. It's on your shoulders. It's not on anybody else's shoulders. It is on your shoulders. How should we then live? How should we then engage? Just as if some of you have been in battle, some of you might have fought in Afghanistan or Iraq or even other wars if you're older, Thank you, first of all, for your service. We celebrated Memorial Day, remembering the sacrifice, the countless sacrifice of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, who've laid their lives down from this nation so that we might walk in freedom, so that we might be able to protect those that we love, so that we might be able to stand against tyranny and against dictators that would try to come and bring evil and destruction. There is a blessing that we have. There's a blessing. There's a price tag. There is a price paid. It's never free. Freedom is never free. Someone had to lay down their life to bring that freedom. And the ultimate picture we see is is Jesus Christ, who laid down his very life. He was the Son of God, who gave himself up. He became the ultimate sacrifice by dying the ultimate horrific death on a cross to forgive the sins of all of humanity. That means your sins and my sins. Even if you're not a believer, even if you're an atheist, you might not believe this or you might not agree with it, but you are a sinner condemned to to death. In and of yourself, even, even in the belief that there is no God, just that you believe that doesn't mean that it's true. Just because you have the freedom. You do have the freedom and the right to believe whatever you want. God never forces us. He never forces you to believe in him. That's called love. It's free love. He gives you an opportunity to respond to him in love because he loved you. God loved us first, the Bible says, even when we were sinners. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. God loves you, and for a moment, if there's anyone listening that is not a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, I'm speaking to you. He loves you. He died for you. You have a choice. He didn't force you. He's not forcing you now, but he's inviting you to come lay your life down, to come repent of your sins. And I want to speak to some of you men, if you are Christians and if you go to church and You have a degree of at least outward righteousness, but inwardly, you're dealing with addiction. Inwardly, you're struggling with all kinds of things that you know are not best for you, that you know are contrary to God's will for your life, that you know will hurt your family ultimately. I want to speak to you, and I want to say, now is the time for change, and it's possible. There is hope. There is freedom. If you are an addict and you have nobody to talk to, nowhere to go to, and you're in bondage, there is hope for you. Okay? It might have to get harder and more painful before it gets better, but there is hope for you. Just don't let those patterns continue. If you are a dad and you have been, you know, providing for your family and, doing these things, but you're not engaged with your kids emotionally, verbally, affirming them, speaking life into them, speaking hope into them, speaking destiny into them, speaking courage into them, reminding them of who they are, reminding them of who God is, reminding them that they have an enemy, reminding them of truth every day. It's not easy, man. I'm telling you right now. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. I'm living this out. It's not easy by any means. It's one of the most difficult things I've ever done. If maybe the most difficult thing I've done is to be an engaged, a present parent, discipling my kids, going against the flow of even our culture that readily disciples its kids in all sorts of sports, teaches its kids... To put a sport above God. So sometimes I hear men saying, Well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to teach. I don't know how to disciple my kids. And I said, Man, that's that's bull. And then I ask them, I said, You know, what sport does your does your child enjoy? Oh man, he loves soccer. Oh, he loves football. He loves basketball. Okay. I said, Do you do you teach him how to play that sport? Oh, yes, yeah. He also is a part of this team and that team, and he gets this training and that training, and he loves this NFL team or this Major League Soccer team. I said, you know what? You've just discipled your son or your daughter in the realm of sports with the sport that you love. But don't tell me that you're not willing to go through the same measures to disciple them in the things of God. Usually it kind of causes them to think a bit. It's like, hmm, you know, that which you love, you will invest in. If you don't ultimately love Jesus enough to obey Jesus or follow Jesus or teach your kids to do the same, then I question, do you love Jesus? Or are you just a Sunday Christian? Are you just a when I have to be Christian Are you just a protect your image Christian? I'm hitting hard, guys, because this is costing this is costing the lives of our kids in many ways. Not just in this instance that happened in Uvalde or all of the school shootings compiled together that's been happening at an increasing rate. You know, this this young man, if he had a healthy father figure, if his father was present spiritually and emotionally, if his father taught and discipled him, you know, this would not be happening. I can tell you that. 99.9% sure that this would not have happened. But he didn't have those things. Matter of fact, it was the opposite. He was living with his grandparents. He was lonely. He was bullied. He was a recluse, all the, all these things. And he was an orphan. He was orphaned, at least spiritually and emotionally. Most of these uh, young adults that are committing these crimes fit into that category. Anyhow, so... I'd like you to consider what you can do today to be proactive in the realm of protecting. And I want you to just make a simple list. Maybe when you get home or even take a minute, wherever you're at, and just make a list. How am I going to do this? How, How will I protect my family? How will I protect my kids? What are some things that you can do? You know, it might start with you needing to change some habits, some things that need to go bye-bye. Write that down. What needs to change? What are you doing that needs to go? And what should you be doing that needs to be implemented in your life? What disciplines? What strategy? Spiritually, what are you doing to protect, to nurture them, to grow them? I hope, I really hope that you consider this. I really hope that you take this to heart. I hope that you feel the sting with me because it is supposed to sting. I bring truth that is supposed to sting. It's raw. It's real. It's relevant. It's massively relevant to your life. Truth will sting. Truth will convict. Truth will change. The truth will ultimately set you free. (laughs) Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what we want to be set free? to live in freedom, to walk in freedom, to walk in the light as he is in the light. So that's my charge to you men, specifically you fathers today, to not lose sight, but rather to fight for that which God has given you. This is Hearts of Men. Thanks once again for listening. Please share this with anybody that you think would bless and be encouraged.